Fit for Life Radio, episode number 100 and dose zero. There's a way better way to say that. <laughs> I'm, I'm leading, oh, no. prefacing the dose because we have <laughs> nutrition, head nutrition coach at Coastal Strength and Fitness, Diego. Diego? Infante Diaz. Man, man, I'm going to have to give you some like Spanish Hey, he didn't even know before. how to say 20. <laughs> <laughs> How do you uh, say 20, man? Uh, so, uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, seis, siete, ocho, nuevo, diez. That's where I'm done. Damn, bro, it's the size of Starbucks. <laughs> what? Vente? Yeah. That's 20? That's, yeah, that's right. What's, wh- how's that? Wh- what makes 20 a size? 20 ounces. Oh. Oh, is that it? Yeah. <laughs> 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 hey, everyone's like nutrition expert. <laughs> <laughs> Watch me be wrong. I'm going to end up being... Compl- nah, that's, that's correct. So, someone will let us know if it was right oh or not. Oh, man. Diego Diaz. Venti. Who is still reigning champ for... For the most downloads, for right? M- for the most popular episode of all time. That's you, man. Was, what, was that the ice cream one or the... Uh, so that, I mean, that one was it good, was too. The f- first it was the first one, wasn't one? it? Yeah, the, the first one. one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, it's the, the highest Emotional by far. one. We need to do another one of emotion eating though. Yeah. That, Cause that's a conversation that like, I think we I mean, should I feel like we can now, we can never talk enough about it. Yeah. Um, but it's like the most common thing. Yeah. Everybody does it. Like yeah. it's. Yeah. Everybody needs just reinforcements on that, on that subject. Mm-hmm. If uh, you're curious. Pretty much on a consistent basis. It is episode. That was a while back. Too. Way back. Let's see. Eight. Yeah. Overcoming Damn. eating disorders and finding balance with. Diego Diaz. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to quit after uh, you keep saying this stuff. And then <laughs> the worst is Spanish. Um, the other one was more recent. Probably the ice like cream one? During COVID. That was. Yeah, that was. That one's going to be harder to find. So the middle you better watch out, though. Amanda's catching you. She's got the listens. Oh, here we go. What? Number 50. Amanda. Number oh. 53. Ice well, cream. She talks about emotional eating, right? I like mean, she, yeah. That's one of her main things. Just and in I mean, a. D- she's, yeah. In a different way. She's a. Uh, a little more of an expertise in that area than I do. Mm-hmm. Ice cream, abs, trade-offs, and living lean with Coach Diego Diaz. Diego. Look at that. All wide range of topics. Everything. Ice cream, emotional eating, anorexia. How are they related? Crypto. You don't know. Crypto, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and we, we missed a big opportunity when we did the episode on Mexican food. Oh, I know. Uh, dude, I would I would have walked out of here as soon as you said polo. <laughs> <laughs> dude. <laughs> That, like, I cannot let that go. I'm never going to forget that you called it pol- polo. I know. Who would have thought they had a vaccine for <laughs> for chicken? Oh, <laughs> man. Uh, All right. So today we want to – so Diego and I read a book called Effortless by Greg McEwen, who also wrote Essentialism, which is one of my favorite books. I, I know still need to – read that one and there was just so many parallels with effortless lessons with your nutrition and kind of the habits and lifestyle change that that takes and 
Again, Diego does most of the nutrition coaching, you know, so in the trenches. So there's, there's a lot to relate to, you know, individuals and scenarios. And that's what we want to talk about today is just kind of those lessons and how, what you can learn from it and from effortless. So first I'll go over effortless a little bit. So Greg's book, Effortless, make it easier to do what matters most. And essentially... The premise is how do we make essential work? In this case, we're talking about food stuff. So how do we make eating healthier easier and realize that it should be effortless and all we really have now is our habits and our environment makes the things that aren't as ideal to be doing effortless. So we're just trying to flip that, right? Because you think about it, yeah, packaged Crackers are easy to overeat, but you also don't have to cook them. They also come packaged and don't go bad. They're cheap. You can keep them in your pantry eight steps from your couch, right? So snacking and overeating is, has become effortless for most of us. So when you bring awareness to that, then you want to make, the, you want to make those things, the easy things, harder that aren't as good for you. And then the more ideal habits you want to make effortless, make the harder things easier. And I think it's a pretty, like, whenever someone chooses that they want to make changes in their habits and their lifestyle, right, um, I think a lot of times we approach it as this is a hard change. Um, so instead of approaching it that way, one of the um, kind of phrasings of the book puts and that actually resonated with me a lot is how can we make this e- as easy as possible? So it talks about the principle of inverting. So instead of looking at it being in a hard manner and uh, this is going to be a hard approach, how can I simplify it? How can I make it as easy as possible uh, for me to be able to do consistently, <coughs> right? Uh, so I think that's one of the main things that we want to take out of this is I've just start asking by asking that question. How can I make it easy? Uh, and then start trying to figure answers for that. Yeah, and often it's... Uh doing less starting with smaller bites right if you're doing a diet overhaul someone could say follow this meal plan and you're thinking okay that's easy enough but the reality is what if you haven't been grocery shopping consistently what if you don't cook your food what if you don't know how to cook you got to pick up like five new habits so just following a meal plan means yeah you know, a bunch of new things, and then you're going to feel overwhelmed and quit, right? So you would then take that and break that down, like Diego said, how do I make this as easy as possible? And for most people, it's going to go all the way back to controlling that food environment and grocery shopping. So make a grocery list. Now, what if you eliminate all the other stuff you were overwhelmed with and just said, I'm going to make a grocery list and then just buy what's on that list and start there? Yeah. So there's a um, saying, and there's a few things that I want to touch on what you just said, but there's a saying on the, on the book that says, um, easy is smooth and smooth is fast. Um, no, slow is smooth and smooth is fast or something mm-hmm. along the lines. I, I, I would need to double check that. But, um, basically addressing that a lot of times when we start something, we want to sprint towards it, right? So we need to make this radical change and we think we need to cut out all the snacking. We need to cook all our meals at home. No eating out, uh, making sure we meal prep all of our meals. When in reality, it's like, let's start making smaller changes. Let's start doing things that are going to be sustainable 
And then that over time, it's going to be a faster rate of progress where, I mean, if you think about it in the past, how many times have you tried a diet and you've been consistent for a while, but then go back to old habits, repeat that cycle, repeat that cycle. I bet for many of you guys listening, that's been about 10, 15 years, if not even more, right? So, but then if you try a sustainable approach where you are uh, making smaller changes and it doesn't feel as fast in the beginning, but then fast forward where you do that consistently for one, two years, then you have a pretty sustainable approach and sustainable nutrition that you can maintain long term. So instead of being 15 years of going back and forth and not really finding a solution, then you took those two years um, and then you have you have something you can follow Mm -hmm. long term. Right. Yeah. And with that approach, people do it the opposite. Right. They're like, I'm going to do this diet. I'm going to it's going to be a grind and I'm going to grip my teeth and suffer through it. Right. Until you eventually just break stop (laughs) and that's that's the thing that you're trying to switch whereas it's almost uncomfortable for people to be like let me make this easier let me make this effortless because there's no struggle inherent like every day it's not like you're grinding every day to just go grocery shopping on sunday and if it it, if it doesn't feel hard it's not going to work yeah i think people get scared when something doesn't feel really difficult like there's Mm -hmm. no way you can make change if something's not difficult every day and like that's clearly wrong yeah yeah, and I even think back to my own journey, like, because sometimes it's hard for us to go back to when we were beginners. But yeah, I couldn't cook. I learned to cook so that I could eat, you know, foods that I was more in control of. But it started with, well, let me buy a lot of microwavable stuff. And then eventually, now I'll start to buy the separate ingredients. And, you know, then over the years, you have all these different cooking gadgets that come out. Well, let me try some of them. And some of them, you know what you like, or you like for a little while, and then you revert back to the things that ultimately feel easier and more effortless. And it's funny, so I'll share an example with, uh, and this shows how nuanced and simple this can be and how you, you realize it's just a lot of experimenting. Potatoes, right? And I mean, we've gone, we've gone back and forth with, I like potatoes, you know, and then I would buy the canned potatoes and you make fun of me because they're so easy to prepare and this and that. Well, well it makes, it makes, makes fun of you because they, they taste like pure metal. They well. taste like metal. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he makes fun of you. I stand by my canned potatoes. <laughs> Your but, metal potatoes. But anyways, I would, because I typically eat a lot of carbs, so I need to, ha- yeah, you have to prepare a lot if you're having like eating your carbs, rice, potato, whatever. Whereas rice, yeah, it's easy. You put it in the, you know, rice, rice maker, boom, bang. But I got in a groove or a habit of, so in the morning, I'll throw all my sweet potatoes in a pot and just let them boil, which takes, you know, I'll cut them up into quarters, throw them in there. So it takes two minutes to do that. Then they'll cook. I go do something else. And then when they're done, I pull them off, you know, dump them, let them cool. And then boom, throw them in a big thing. Uh, container and then can have them with my meals throughout the day right and so it's essentially a little daily prep but it got to where it barely takes any time I do other stuff I like them like that because then I can mash them up so I'll I'll take them and then mash them and put in some you know flavoring spices or whatever and and I enjoy it right whereas before I would tell Diego oh yeah you know I like because he, we would share stuff and he would be on a you know certain potato kick and I'd be like, oh, I just can't. Uh, I like potatoes, but they're inconvenient, right? But again, I would you know you have to find ways that work with your lifestyle. And then it again, so now and I guess what I'm getting at is it's effortless, right? Whereas before I would be like, I'm just gonna stick to rice even though I'm a little bored of it because it's too hard to to 
prepare the potatoes, potatoes right and have them have enough volume that i needed to eat so finding a way well let me just start with you know this and then it becomes effortless to now i just wake up and i just i just do it it's not even a a, a thought of inconvenience and and part of it too is like because i i pretty much do the same thing as you do as far as like, i'll cook them in the morning um or sometimes i even if i cook too much i haven't from the previous day right so i just kind of cycle in through the next day because i mostly do the sweet potatoes um but also at the beginning, like, it might require a little bit of effort to make mm-hmm. it effortless, right? Because now it's so ingrained in your life that you've repeatedly done it that it's almost mindless. So it, it has become effortless. In the beginning, yeah. you might need to put a little more, like, thought process uh, and then re- figure out the system that's going to work for you. Yeah. Like, you try that approach and it didn't work. Then you had to try a different approach. Mm-hmm. But now it's to the point where, yeah, it's pretty yeah. pretty simple to do and you've done it consistently. And one little nuance of it is, so I don't like to eat the peel, right? Especially when I'm eating a ton. And (laughs) so I didn't like to prepare the potatoes because I would have to peel them all. You know, when I have like two or three pounds a day. So Mm -hmm. like, it's just more time. And I figured out, well, when I just cut them up, boil them. Comes right off. The peels pop right off, right? So where literally I just pinch them off and, and it's more effortless and it's easier. And then I don't have the mental... You know. So now I'll paint it this way. If you want to even do it more effortless and you don't care about the the peels and all that stuff, like you, you just got it up, put it in the microwave. Yeah. It takes so, and we so talked a couple minutes. minutes. So we talked yeah, about like that. Three minutes. And in my process, I, I did microwave them, but I don't like them as much. Like they get almost where like... They get a little dry on the yeah, outside. Yeah, it's a different texture. Yeah. And then I did find when you take a wet paper towel and wrap uh, it. So you need, what you need to do, here's a secret. You need to put a little water in it cover it with a paper towel and then kind of almost boil it in the, yeah. in the microwave. So you need to put a little yeah. water at the bottom. Potato expert. <laughs> yeah. But anything potatoes just come <laughs> at me. So to tie it back to helping all you guys, <laughs> is <laughs> not whoever's listening, but you see, look, we've been doing this for years and years and you still experiment. You're still like trying to, you still try different things. And ultimately you try to find ways to where it, you get it done. Yeah. You know, whatever you're trying to do, whatever helps you and understand like the goals are nuanced. May, yeah. If you're having like one pro, it, it all depends on your goals and your preferences. Like I prefer more carbs and have to eat a lot. So I need to find a convenient way to cook more potatoes where for someone, maybe you just have one little potato and yeah, pop in the microwave. But yes. So you're looking for ways to make it effortless. Um, I mean, on, on that kind of same note, um, one of one of the points that it touches and um kind of going back to some of the points you said one of the stuff that you can make it as easy as possible so like grocery shopping right you Mm -hmm. mentioned um some people are gonna have a hard time finding the time to be able to do it so maybe you're a busier you have kids you have stuff going on you have driving them around um work so finding the time to go grocery shopping well nowadays it's super simple where you can do it from your phone right so you can build your list most applications will make it as simple as possible to where you can save the list and pretty much purchase the same things on a week-to-week basis so that pretty much there is saving you time so anything that you can automate like that there's going to be a lot less time invested and a lot less thought process that goes behind it um then take advantage of those tools. I mean, you have the same with like meal delivery services. Now, they offer a lot of a barrier and entry of, uh, as far as the cost, right? They're gonna be a lot of pricier. Um, but if it's something that you value and you know it's gonna make it a lot easier to be consistent, that's another tool that you can use to make it as easy as possible. So try to find those um, options. Again, we, we're trying to 
there's no like one thing fits all. We're trying to find easiest way for you um, to make it effortless. So whatever that looks like, explore your options. That might be online grocery shopping. That might be even delivered to your house. That might be meal deliveries. Uh, there's things like HelloFresh where if you like to cook, then you can have the actual ingredients delivered. Yeah. So there's ways that you can make that a little bit easier and simpler and automated as well. So just let the thought process that goes behind it. Yeah. And sometimes something like HelloFresh, you, you, you also have to realize it's okay to be in different seasons and stages with your skill set. Maybe yeah. you invest in something like HelloFresh early on because now you're kind of investing more money, so you're more likely to do it, and it's going to help you learn to cook, right? Because now you have this food sitting in front of you, and you don't want to waste it, and you have the recipe. All you have to do is follow it, and then you do that for two or three months, and you get some skills, and then you're like, you know what? I, can, I think I feel more confident, kind of, or I found some recipes that I enjoy, and I can do this on my own. Um, in the book, they share a story and they talk about where to start, start with the first obvious action. And they talk about Netflix and how the founders of Netflix, you know, had this big ultimate vision for Netflix, but they knew the technology wasn't even really where it needed to be kind of to get to where they wanted it. But they still started with the first obvious action, which for them was just mailing DVDs to people, mm -hmm. right? Which you look at Netflix now and you're like, if you were to try to start Netflix now and you know what it could be and you said, well, just mail DVDs, you'd be like, that's you're, stupid. I'm yeah, not even going to, I'm not even going to start that. That's I not going to work. I mean, just look at uh, Jeff Bezos. Yeah. 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 We started, started out with books, bro. Like, yeah. It's just eBooks. And then it's a, this monster. Mm -hmm. I bet you, if you asked Jeff Bezos in the beginning, like, do you see Amazon being this? And I don't know what's been like 15 yeah. years. He would have, being like no that's there's no way but he know he wanted to start his business he know this was like a i mean he's a smart guy and he knew that it was the easiest option to yeah. go because you, of, uh he looked at all the stats um so that was his first yeah. obvious step right and the key is you get started with imperfect action on something that you can actually execute and then you hone and get better as you go yeah so with clients and people you you see what would you you know con considering kind of in general most people's you know biggest obstacles and then what would you say is a good like, first obvious action for most people for most people i would say cut out snacking that's that's a super simple one because most people are going to snack especially mindless snacking at night that's going to be one of the biggest ones um, so okay so now let's take that well, how, that do break it down? how do we you know so where would you have them start with that just will willpower i uh, know like go <laughs> go all the way to the root cause right so don't don't bring it don't bring it home. Um, yeah. Now, not everyone has the opportunity to not bring it home. So dealing with clients, I know a lot of you guys have kids, and usually you're going to have snacks for the kids, right? So if that's the case, let's say ideally best case scenario, when you go to the grocery store, you order your groceries, you're not bringing that stuff home. But let's say you do need to bring stuff for the kids. Options you can buy stuff that you know you're not going to be as tempted to do, but your kids are still going to mm -hmm. enjoy. Um, option number two. Find a place where you don't frequent as much or it's going to be harder to you, uh, harder for you to go get that food. So instead of having it super easily available in the pantry, maybe you hide it in another room. Maybe you have it somewhere else where it's not going to be super easy that you open the door or, and that's going to be there. Uh, you have to pretty much go slightly out of your way to get it. Uh, so that would be cutting it back to that's the first simple, obvious step, right? Yeah. And everyone knows, right, especially if you're eating some meals, 
that snacking typically is just out of habit, out of mm-hmm. boredom, uh, boredom, and, and all these other reasons. So, you know, unless you need to gain weight, and that that's one frame of mind to put yourself into. People with kids is realize kids are growing, right? They need to grow. They need extra calories. They need easy calories. So snacks can have their convenient snacks can have their place, but typically as an adult we don't need to grow, right? So we don't need those extra easy calories. So, you know, sometimes if you can... We need the opposite then. Yeah. For the most part, especially if you're looking into getting your nutrition mm -hmm. in check. So that, you know, Um, mentally is a good place to get. But, yes. Going back, uh, and I'll interrupt a little bit, like going back, one of the other things is one of the habits that we see consistently, uh, and you guys know this, is getting enough protein in, right? So most people don't need plenty of protein. Usually they don't even need protein with every meal. So if you want to take like the first obvious step is just plan out your week. So not even necessarily worrying about grocery shopping, that would be the the following step. But how does your week look like including protein in every meal, Mm -hmm. right? So take five minutes out of your day and write down, hey, this meal is going to have this protein uh, component. This meal is going to have this protein component. And then just plan out your meal like that. And that would be a first obvious step. Even if initially you don't follow through, but you have a pretty clear vision of how that week is going to look like. Uh, and then following steps after that. Yeah. And even with something like that, like you said, plan it out. And even if you don't do it every single day, if you do it three days, yeah, then that's still a victory. And then maybe the next week you'll do four. And then you'll do four again. And then you just get better and better. So doing that is a very good first step to, you know, like you said, Mm -hmm. do something imperfectly so that, you know, later on you continue to get better. Yeah. Yeah. And and on that, like the um, start seeing the imperfections and the small failures. And failures usually gets like this negative connotation, right? But whenever you're trying something and it doesn't go as planned, that's going to be a failure. And we're going to do it every day on many different uh, subjects or many different things that we do. But look at it as most as like little victories that you're trying like you are making an effort so even if let's say you quote-unquote failed you're still trying to make that change so instead of framing it as something negative and something where you get down on yourself and you're hard on yourself look at it from a perspective like yeah i'm trying i'm i'm making this effort to make some changes uh, yeah. so it, it's, it's going to be part of the process and the book talks about that so after kind of establishing what's the simplest easiest thing to start with it then goes on to in to make progress you have to have the courage to, to be rubbish. So obviously rubbish. rubbish. What a good I like know. British word. So then in 1959, a British industrialist named Henry Creamer, Kremer. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, man, that would have been an unfortunate last name. Had a dream. <laughs> when did, when, at what age do you, oh, do you not be a 16 year old? I don't know. Like when, I, do you, when do we grow out of this? I don't think, so, I, don't, I don't I don't think it ever happens. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't even know. The <laughs> he launched the Creamer Prize. <laughs> Generous rewards meant to incentivize designers to build aircraft. So anyways, the courage to be rubbish. So like Diego just said, you're going to be bad at these things and skills and habits you try to change. Yes. You can't just, oh, I, I tried to make this recipe and it was awful. Oh, how often have you cooked? I, I, I haven't, you know, or I haven't in this 20 years. the first years. time I've ever cooked. Well, you're going to be bad at it. That's the bottom line. So you have to keep, get a little, keep doing it, get better, and be okay with being being not not so great. And it's weird. How come after we're like 18 years old, you know, when you turn an adult, all of a sudden 
up to then, it's okay. You encourage kids. I'll try it. You know, you don't have to be good and practice and all this. And then when we become adults, it's like it's not acceptable. It's like it's the end of the world yeah. if you try and fail. To be bad at something. You have to know how to do everything. So realize it is a lifestyle, and it's a completely different lifestyle than the one you've been living. And it involves skill sets that you have to build. And if you're going to start a cook, like, take it again to try to – simplify and make it as easy as possible right don't start with a recipe that's going to have 23 ingredients and mm-hmm. then you don't even know what to and do with them three then, advanced cooking techniques yeah, yeah. like start when, with something super simple start with learning how to properly bake a chicken breast right yeah. i mean there's there is a lot to it and a lot of people um actually don't like chicken breast because they'll cook it and, and it ends up dry right the crap out of it yeah because yeah. they overcook it so um learn how to like one of the things you can just learn how to properly cook a chicken breast and that's going to be a lot simpler it's not as complex you don't need to go buy all these different ingredients you just need a little chicken breast and some seasoning yeah garlic salt pepper however um whatever seasonings you want to put in that i mean do you ever really need more of the garlic salt and pepper though not really like no. i feel like not for polo <laughs> <laughs> uh is that, what's, is that what's in the vaccine? The yeah, vaccine? It, yeah. Do you want to talk about pace? <laughs> yeah. And then just so, to confirm what Diego said, uh, then in chapter 10 of the book, we talk about, or Greg talks about <laughs> pace. And we talk about yeah, it. Well, we're, we're talking here's about Here's a Greg. co-author. <laughs> 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 Slow is smooth. Smooth is fast. There you go. And there I think go. this one is so overlooked because everyone is. wants to get there as fast as possible, but y- you, you don't realize... Um, if, if you're not mastering this stuff, you're, you're just going to crash and burn. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like a, and, and the book kind of touches on this a little bit. It's like a sprint cycle, right? So you sprint to try to do this. You put all your effort. Then you kind of crash and burn. Then you stop doing it. Then because you lost some time in there, you want to do it again and you want to sprint again. And then the cycle just keeps repeating and repeating where if you go slow. So they actually, I ha- there's a story in the book that I really, really like. So it's about the first expedition, I believe, it was to Antarctica, right? So there was two boats that were um, in the mission to do them. And they sailed at the same time. Um, I believe it was two different countries, but they took the different approach. So one boat, they would do 15 miles every day, no matter the weather condition. So if it was like a perfect day, they would stop at 15 miles. If there was a storm, they were stuck at 15 miles. The other team would go as fast as possible on the good days and completely rest on the bad days, right? So the team that went the 15 miles consistently got there, I believe it was like a week and a half before the team that, that sprinted because they would just go and no matter the conditions, no matter what happened, it was the same pace throughout, right? So a lot of times I feel like when we are really motivated and we wanna start something, we want to make this drastic change. So we want to start like redoing our pantry, cooking all of our meals, uh, making sure we're only, only whole foods, not snacking, tracking our food. And we want to make all these changes where it's going to be really hard yeah. to maintain that pace. Eliminating you, all our favorite foods. Yeah. That's a big one. But if you choose to set a pace that you're going to be able to maintain and you do that, do that consistently, then over time that becomes effortless. And then you add something else and maintain that pace. Uh, so usually instead of like trying to make a 360 degree change and trying to yeah just make all these radical changes find something that you'll be able to sustain and Mm -hmm. then almost like have the um 
willpower or the I don't want to phrase it that way, but to stop, yeah. even though you feel you can do more in that moment. Uh, yeah. And when we talk, if we break that down into specific tactics, the slow, slow is steady and smooth. And that's where I think, and I think people miss the boat with something like tracking calories or macros because different approaches there's, are going to have pros and cons and gives and takes, right? So if you're someone who something like the whole 30 where you can only eat all these foods and you got to eliminate all these stresses you out. Well then choose to track calories or, or your macros because you don't have to change all the foods you're eating. Yeah. You just have to, you're just going to learn to tr track and what's in your food. Right. But you can not, you can literally barely change anything in your day. So if you're going, you know, to Starbucks or if you, you know, have Doritos every day. You can literally keep doing those same things. You don't have to change all that. And you just focus on your portions, right? That's essentially what it's bringing to the table. But also on the flip side of tracking numbers and portions stresses you out, then don't worry about those things. Maybe just make better food choices, right? Yeah. And yeah, ultimately, if you want to be, you know, six pack Steve, then you're, you eventually, you're gonna need to do both of those, right? But and this was for, for me too. I, I never did either of those all at once, right? So, but yeah, so maybe you practice the skill of learning portions and con, you know, content, calorie content, and then you kind of factor in, oh, trade-offs on specific food types, whole foods for, you know, getting rid, and, and you're able to combine it, then obviously you're gonna end up where you want it to. But, you know, hopefully that kind of helps it click on like practical. Yeah, real I mean, in the beginning, like a pace that you can maybe be able to maintain is just have three meals a day, right? So yeah. I mean, that's one of the habits we try to instill the most because most of the because it creates structure and most of the foods we eat as snacks is just like mindless yeah. snacking. It's high yeah. calorie foods that are not going to really add any um, great nutrition to your day. So it can be sim something as simple as that, even if in the beginning, um, and I think people get frustrated because they might not start seeing weight loss from the very get-go, right? Mm -hmm. And like, well, I'm making this conscious effort. Yeah, but you're setting yourself with a solid base of habits that then over time, you're gonna start seeing, and it becomes easier to see those results and maintain them than starting from, from the, uh, starting hard from the beginning. Yeah, and allowing yourself to learn, and again, to take it slow, what if you s tell yourself, I'm not even making any changes, I'm just gonna track my food just to learn what's in it. Well, guess what happens? Then someone eventually looks at their Starbucks drink, the 700 calories, and they learn, oh, this is 700 calories. And then they go, and you could tell someone to cut out the Starbucks drink and eat uh, eight ounce sirloin steak and potato, and they'd be like, no way, that's so much food. But then they track it and learn that's 600 calories. Oh, and it's way more protein and you're, you're more satiated. Yeah. So then they learn without no, no pressure. You didn't have mm -hmm. to overhaul your whole life. You were just tracking and you're like, wait a second. Yeah, that drink had like barely any nutrition and was more calories in this meal that I used to avoid because I thought it was a lot of food. Yeah. yeah. And then all of a sudden you then choose. No one's having to tell you. You choose, say, the, the steak and potato meal and skipping the sugary drink, right? Yeah. You didn't have to have a, a thing tell you, you can never ever have sugary drinks again. You committed to going slow, learning, making mistakes. Cause yeah, you may, maybe you drank the sugary drink and then logged it and then realized maybe there's different options and then plugged in other food. That's the process, right? Yeah. And you know, with you coaching people the way you do, you know, 
through our communication, through the app, very personal. People get started so excited. And I think this is it. This is going to change everything in a month. But really what they don't understand, and you give them the plan. But the reality is the progress comes from the true grit and daily. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like that process right there for them, for you to notice, hey, like that sugary drinks, you're going to crash and burn. There's no protein. And it's actually more calories in this meal, right? You want to speak to to that process of, you know, the well. Let's talk about because we kind of went over that the grit, the failing, the learning, slow. So after that comes. So you have start, simplify, progress, and pace, right? Yeah. Now, like we said, you're kind of establishing the pace of yeah. You're learning these little things daily. Then after that, is when you really get to the results, right? So with the results, let's talk about compounding results. So that's kind of the benefit of effortless is you create things that compound on top of each other, right? So now if you create the skill of knowing what's in your food, you don't eventually have to track as much, right? Because yeah. you can look and see and make better decisions. So now it's, it's all becoming easier, right? You don't have to feel like, oh, I have no clue what's in here. I have to learn it. I have to look it up. And so those benefits kind of compound on each other. Yeah. Um, I mean, and kind of compounding there, um, you can even look at it as far as actions, right? So what actions kind of compound? So something as simple as like meal prepping, right? And learning that skill um, over time, it takes a little extra effort initially to do, but then over time, uh, throughout the week, you're yeah. pretty much like don't have to put any additional effort there. Yeah. Uh, well, we can look at, say, my example of cooking the potatoes, right? So now I have my starch for my meals the rest of the day, which ends up taking me an extra six minutes of time. But say you were going to go out to eat or uh, like go pick up Chick-fil-A, you actually end up spending more time, right? Say for that, for that to get that meal. And then you only have that one meal. Now you're going to have to go out. Maybe you go out to lunch, right? So now that's way extra time. So the reality is by putting in the time to learn the skill of cooking and prepping, you actually will save yourself more time in the long run, which then you can now, hey, now you have gym time, right? Now you have rest and relax time and it compounds in that kind of way. Yeah, I mean, same goes for grocery shopping and planning out your week, right? Because if not, then you're in that moment trying to figure out, low, let me figure out what I'm going to eat. Let's say you choose a quote unquote easy route um, and try to do fast food. You're still going to need to look up the menu. You're still going to need to look up your options. You're still going to need to drive there or go on a DoorDash. Um, And this still additional time, right? Wherever you just put that time to planning your week, um, it kind of goes from there. It kind of compounds from there. Um, But so as far as the kind of some of the skills and going into results with clients. So it's interesting to see because everyone has their own process in it and that's kind of where we see where with failures like everyone is going to have their own little failures and everyone goes in cycles so i had uh a client and so this is almost like learning skill tracking as a skill right so i had a client looking at her log usually for the most part i get most reports of the numbers and stuff like that and we go over that but at times where we see that we are not seeing those results, then we'll dig a little deeper. So I start looking at her food log and then you guys will find it interesting. She has 
fish and, fish and chips as one meal that she ate that day. What is the amount of calories that you guys think that meal has? If you were to ask me my... At least, fish, a, at least a thousand. Fish and chips, I'd say, is 1,400. Yeah. Okay. Because it's so, both fried. There's going to be huge portions. And there's like that ton, a ton of breading on fish usually when they do yeah. fish and chips. So it's logged as 350 calories, Ain't right? No or way. something along the lines. Ain't no way, coach. So, yeah, exactly. So yeah. that's where it's like that is going to be a little of a skill where I, like, I'm confident that that person didn't do it as far like, ooh, like, I'm going to get away yeah, with Yeah, it wasn't this. nefarious. Yeah. I mean, maybe it, it, they saw it and, like, well, this is the lowest calorie. It looks attractive, right, because I'm going to have a little less. But at the end of the day, even though it does look attractive, that's not going to yield anything. Um, because just because we plugged in 350 calories, it doesn't mean it's not going to have more calories. But that is also a little bit of a skill set to n- learn how to plug properly, right? Mm-hmm. So I go into the, the thing and I look at it and it's, like, 200 grams of carbs, um, 150 grams of fat and like some some grams of protein uh and 300 calories so clearly like that doesn't make sense yeah it's just, right? an, yeah, it, it's it's just wrong. like someone someone just plugged it in and they didn't even put thought process into it but you're just looking at it's tracking and you're like okay this makes sense but so it's a skill that you start kind of developing as you go mm-hmm. and the more you do it you'll start see it okay this doesn't make sense maybe that's not the option i want to do uh, and then kind of the same as going uh, out to eat, right? So if you're going out to eat, usually you have to count that most of your meals are going to be about 1,000, 1,500 calories, if not even more, depending on what you're eating. Uh, so it's also something that is a skill that you kind of want to develop as far as, um, one, food choices that you're going to have out, and then just being okay with kind of plugging yeah. that in there. And then here's the hard part. This is why this is all hard. So then, you f- oh, you you know what? That meal probably wasn't 300 calories, right? So yeah. it was 1,400, which then leads yourself to the next step, the next skill of you got to – now you have to actually eat less, right? Because you maybe you start to pinpoint, oh, I do have more calories coming in than I yeah. thought. And now you have to develop the skill of, okay, I've, I'm actually seeing, seeing this. It's making sense why maybe I'm stuck. And now I have to eat less, yeah. which is hard, right? It so always that, is. So then that could come down to, well, you could have just – you would have had to have one-fourth – of your fish and chips meal, right? That's one way to, to eat or, less. Or you could do like a better choice and have something like you could have grilled fish and a baked potato or something like yep. that, you know? Which now you get to have the portions and it's less calories. Yeah. That's, a, that's a version of eating less, right? It's not going to yeah. taste as good maybe at first, but... Or you can have really low calories during the day, right? And keep that a little bit in check and have your meals yeah. be lighter we still would be eating less but maybe you can um kind of make up for that a little bit with eating more high volume foods like vegetables and uh lean proteins yeah. um so and then that's one thing like that's another thing that it's important to consider it's going to be harder when you're trying to diet and lose mm-hmm. weight and you're going to be hungry right so hunger usually it's hard to deal with uh, it makes us really uncomfortable find food options that are going to make it harder for you to feel hungry. Um, now, hunger, and we talked about this, it's not something we necessarily want to avoid and kind of be afraid of. It's going to happen. It's part of the cycle. But if you try to minimize it as much as possible, then there's going to be less likelihood that it's going to affect you. So try to find food options, and this only comes with practice, that are going to feel they're going to be high volume. So that means that they don't have a lot of calories but have a lot of volume as far as food size. Uh, 
and they're going to be pretty satiating for you. So usually most of those foods fall in the realm of fruit, right? Especially something crunchy like an apple and it's going to be high fiber. Uh, things that are high in fiber, um, potatoes, sweet potatoes, um, far, as far as like starchy carbs, uh, most veggies and mostly proteins are going to fall in that category. So if you base most of your meals off of those and then you add a little bit of things you like, you're less likely that it's gonna, you're going to be hungry uh, mm-hmm. and then you're going to give into something. Yeah. So all various strategies and, you know, another one which we could pro- probably do a whole separate podcast on is managing hunger and also accepting that you're going you're to be hungry. You're gonna be hungry. <laughs> yeah. uh, a lot of people, th- I think they think, look, if, if we've been overeating and spending time being full, we're used to that sensation and any hunger is quite alarming. But to lose weight, I mean, that's that's the signal that our body's signaling that we are get eating less calories, right? There's really no way around it. And for one thing that's always cemented for me, and again, this is just a strategy, is so yeah, I've been like, like just balling out, just eating, you know, kind of whatever, ad lib, <laughs> like 80-20 beef, po- you know, sour <laughs> sour cream on everything, and, um, <laughs> you know, we- weekends eating out, you know, all that. No no real, like, a lot looser, right, which was a choice. And then, you know, it's pretty interesting. And then after about a month, like, you know, you, you – well, you Cut back a little w- bit. When you start from a leaner place, you can s- you see the body fat come on, you know, visually. And then – I but I wasn't weighing in. And it's funny, this is what's great about being a coach is, you know, and when you get to a point to where you maintain and you you give yourself this range, right? But then as a coach, it's fun to check in with things so that you can be kind of sharp with, hey, this this is what clients have to go through and what they notice and things like that. So I was like, okay, I'm going to, um, let me weigh myself. You know, I haven't done that. And yet it's crazy, (laughs) crazy how easily you can put on like seven, six, seven pounds. And I was like... Yeah, it was like from the last time I weighed myself, it was like seven pounds up. And that wasn't trying to gain. You know, sometimes you go in like Diego mode where you're like, I want to gain muscle and bulk. And, and you and you actually track and check and you keep you keep gar- uh, yourself data. honest, right? Yeah. I had no data. It was just like, I'm going to make. <laughs> Let's go, baby. Yeah. And um, yeah, boom, seven pounds. And it's like, oh, man, that's crazy. And How long that took you to put seven pounds on? To, uh, like four, three, four weeks. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you can see how like fast it is. Yeah, if how quick that can snowball um, not too. Not paying any attention, and so then I was like, okay, so weighing in was a start. Cool, oh, you know. Now and I was like, all right, I'm just gonna. I need to just have one day. That's kind of like because I know when I die, you know, like 2,000 calories, and I'll lose. So I was like, I just need to have a structured day mm-hmm. of low calories and just, being hungry, and just yeah, let me just do that. Let me throw that in there, right? Since I've been gluttonous for a month, let me just throw in a low calorie day. And sure enough, quick reminder of, and I kind of, but I had the same breakfast I was having, like a bigger breakfast and then lunch. So by the time I got to dinner, I'd have this really small dinner. And then of course, and then I was hungry, right? And all I could think about, I'm sitting there, you know, and the day's over and I'm just like, dude, I'm starving, you know? (laughs) And you just think about, you know, food and everything. And it reminded me, so when I do normally diet or I'm okay, like, hey, I'm uh, keeping these calories at this point, and I know there's going to be hunger. I do so much better, and I know this through trial and error. When I when I do save majority of my calories big dinner. for dinner, because I, I'll if I'm hungry during the day, I'll notice it, but then move on because I'm like I have stuff to do and I'm doing stuff, and it's it's just a lot so much easier to be hungrier. But then at night, you know, I packed it in. There's a lot less distraction, right? So if I kind of get to have that meal 
say majority of my carbs at dinner helps fill me up like diego talking about food volume I'm, I'm good right i don't dwell on it so yeah I will, I will say on that it just gives people a lot of times they'll take one example and think it applies to everyone right? oh yeah it's uh, definitely not for everyone because that's yeah. the approach most people do take and they, they ball out at dinner right? <laughs> yeah remember i'm now this is with the framework of i have this 2000 calorie allotment right so that meal's done so even if i finish you know beef and a bunch of rice or potato uh, that's it and right? then people put a lot of comfort on feeling stuffed mm-hmm. like versus fullness like yeah. right satiety and uh, i think that is a big distinction because you are really in tune and you're someone that's like has done it for years and years so you know what satiety looks like and you know mm-hmm. okay maybe it's like kind of in that in that line but most people find comfort on feeling stuffed yeah. so i think it's worth making that distinction because i do have a lot of clients where it's the opposite yeah. where it's like you probably need to have a little of a, a bigger uh smaller dinner just because you are finding that comfort and feeling stuff and what is that doing for you yeah uh, so and that that's a whole another thing that we can dig into but just not everyone takes that too like too hard and think you need a big <laughs> yeah. dinner because yeah. that's not always the case yeah uh, the other lesson i learned was and i didn't add snacks i still kind of like three meals a day but the biggest difference was the food reward right adding the the you know Sour creams and the butters and the food, you know, the stuff that makes things taste better. It's crazy how in in my mind, it was barely any extra food. And then but then you start like also wanting it more consistently, Mm -hmm. which is crazy to see. So, um, I mean, I I talked with you guys. I've been on a chocolate milk um, Mm -hmm. cake lately. And I mean, it's awesome. But at the same t- at the same time, it's like now I find myself wanting that, right? So my it's your new normal is chocolate milk. I mean, my day doesn't really change in structure. So I've been like Gary said, I've been adding weight or quote unquote bulking for pff, it's almost three years now. Which is started with a year prior. <laughs> Just a perma bulk. I know, I know. It's almost three years, but my structure and my meals really haven't changed. The only thing that has changed is the portions, and I have added easy calories like but usually i try to add them like coconut oil or i'll go higher fats in my meats and stuff like that um but then i start adding chocolate milk in there and now i find myself just wanted chocolate milk all the time and it's easy for it to add up so mm-hmm. i started and i did a cup right and that was like my daily kind of quote unquote treat or what i wanted and i measured it um and then next thing you know i'm like well i'm gonna add a little more and next thing you know i mean I'm, I'm chugging milk from the bottle i'm just, I'm hey, just like standing he, in the fridge hey, drinking drinking ne- milk from next the bottle. thing you know you're on google <laughs> buying a cow uh, but it's, it's super easy to let then i have work. a house so i have a place to keep that keep the cow but it's super easy to let things like that kind of add up and creep up and i mean this is stuff we do on a daily basis and we are really aware of our nutrition and all their um, revolves around that. So someone that is maybe not paying as much attention to their nutrition, it's super easy that they, they're going to start maybe with a little treat here and there. And then over time, calories are going to add up. Yeah. So what does that turn like, into when yeah. you have no idea yeah. what's going on? Yep. Yeah. One thing to um, bring it back to the book a little bit. Um, when it talks about effort results, it talks about learn. Um, and that's, this is something we've talked about in the past, but I, it's always worth reinforcing. It's principles versus methods, right? Mm-hmm. So with any approach that we take, there are certain principles that we want to follow. And then there's a lot of methods. And a lot of times the methods can make it harder to follow. So think methods, something like the keto diet or carnivore, right? Where it's not 
possibly going to be as sustainable. You are going to see like faster results, maybe if you're following it. Uh, well, not if you're doing keto or carnivore, but uh, you could, you could. <laughs> but I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave that at at there. Um, but then long term, you're not going to be able to sustain that, and you really didn't learn much from that. Um, so aim to learn what the principles are. Usually, it's trying to stick to whole foods, right? So mostly eating whole foods, eating lean proteins, uh, having three meals a day. So learning those principles instead of sticking to the methods, because if we go from method to method, we're really, I mean, we can just kind of bounce around forever. Mm -hmm. Uh, But really trying to dive into the principles and seeing, okay, what are the things from this approach that is working for me? And then how can I apply this on a day-to-day basis without necessarily following this exact approach? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and when you go the method way and just completely depend on the method, the big, the big problem arises when you maybe choose a method that doesn't match with you, right? Mm-hmm. And then yeah. you think that you... Something wrong with you. ...are doing it wrong, that you are the problem. The reality is it's just not, you know, the, the best approach for you, and you can do a different method. Um, so, for yeah, for, for me, adding... A lot of like food reward stuff. I don't. It's it's it doesn't work as well for me. Like for some people, maybe they have more tastier meals. They're more satisfied, right? Mm-hmm. Um, whereas me, I know then through trial and error that I prefer like the food volume, right? The bigger the bigger portion. So having you know less food reward, high dense calorie foods for um, you know things that are lower density. And yeah, that's what works, right? But so if I went and did keto, I would fail miserably, and then think, oh, um, something's wrong. Something's wrong. Why can't I do this with me, right? And um, same things. I'm also type A and like to like numbers and and structure. It gives me calm, right? So you know, kind of knowing or tracking or having some kind of guardrails with that stuff works well right whereas some some people like that stresses them out Mm -hmm. and they do better you know with less things like that um neither's right neither's wrong but it's finding what makes it effortless for you yeah 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 and and on that um i'm gonna almost do a lot of a shameless plug and not necessarily me but just having a coach make things a little bit more effortless right because you have an extra set of eyes you have someone that's guiding you so you you don't have to um be doing all be doing all this research and be kind of looking around and trying to figure out and pinpoint what the problem is when you have someone that has the knowledge and the expertise that are able to guide you through the process um so there's there's less time and effort invested into it um so maybe in it maybe it is just something you can do for a short period of time especially if you are in a place where you are finding it a hard time to get results um just so you can learn from it and then from that you can keep applying the same thing um over and over but it is something it's another tool right where you can make it pretty much uh, simplify it because you're cutting all the steps off having learned all this information, having to do all this trial and errors. You're still going to have to try. You're still going to have to put effort into it. Uh, but they're simplifying it as much as possible. Yeah, in the book they talk about, and towards the end, leverage the best of what others know, right? And that's ultimately a coach. having a coach in a, in a nutshell. You're leveraging the knowledge that they've and experience they've already gained. Now, that doesn't mean for everyone that they can take it and run with it right away. But if you can really truly trust it, you it can save you a lot of time. Well, yeah, you have somebody 
narrowing your your focus rather than being so scattered someone's yeah. pointing you a yeah. little more in the right direction at the very least yeah. and a good example that we've had with clients is you know we do recommend hey try three square meals a day and focus on simple go-to meals and that's just from experience from coaching in that over the long term we've almost never seen people who do elaborate meals and rely on these super complex elaborate meals and are able to sustain that and that becomes like this this bedrock uh habit or method right so we will have some clients and they'll take our word for it you know and stick to simple stuff and maybe learn to appreciate it over time and some people kind of no and they're dead set on you know super elaborate cookbooks and meals but then over time you know they kind of end up with the simple stuff and they're like you know what you you were right all along but the reality is that's fine but it's also okay if it took you two years to get to that point and just figure it out on your on your own and and the coach is not going to be here to be like this is exactly what you need to do do this and kind of push it on you right it's more like they're guiding you in the right direction but for example, for me as a coach, I'm still going to let you explore your options. Mm-hmm. So I have clients that will come to me and I have two of them at the moment that want to explore intermittent fasting, right? So in a regular basis, I'm usually not a proponent of intermittent fasting, meaning I'm not going to be the one that pushes that approach. But if someone wants to test it out and wants to try that option, then go ahead and try it. Like give that a shot. If it's not working and I have one of them that they're realizing it's probably not the best option. Maybe I do need to go back to three meals a day. Maybe I do need to go back to adding breakfast because I know I feel fuller. I feel more satiated. I feel more energy throughout the day. Okay, let's let's go that route and let's explore something else. Uh, so yeah, I mean, as like at the end, most people end up in the same kind of in the same range. Uh, but you still want to learn and explore your options before. And I, a coach is there for that to help you guide you through all those things. Like if you're going to be fasting, okay, are you super hungry when you're eating? So if you, let's say you just came up from a 16 hour fast, are you eating? Are you just stuffing yourself? Cause you start eating and hunger. It's like through the roof and you're just going to eat everything inside where you're eating 3000 calories and defeating the, the purpose of fasting, right. And trying to restrict the amount of calories you're eating. Uh, okay, then that's not the that's not the best approach. Maybe we need to add a meal slightly before. Maybe we need to do a twelve hour fast or a fourteen hour fast. Um, so kind of guiding through that. Yeah. Mhm. Mhm. And that's the way. <laughs> that I mean, that's the way to make it to make it effortless is is having that coach guide you through the hard parts, which yeah. the parts which we talked about before, which is like learning to fail. So most people would end up quitting on their own. So you have the coach to help push you through those moments. And you have someone almost giving you permission to fail. Because sometimes mm-hmm. I feel like we do need permission. Like someone saying like, hey, it's okay to do this. Yeah. And a coach is always going to do that. And they're going to encourage you to try. And they're not going to you know, beat you up when you fail or anything or say that you suck. And I think that's really important. Yeah. 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 I mean, so... I guess some of the takeaways is one is ask yourself the question, how can I make this easy, right? So how, how can I make it as easy as possible? Um, so try to simplify things as much as possible. And actually one thing we didn't talk about, uh, and I'll, I'll try to touch on real quick, is the easiest way to simplify is not to simplify steps that you already do, is to try to eliminate steps in the process. Um, so kind of it goes along the same lines of things we already talked. Don't try to cook super complex meals they are going to have 
23 um, ingredients and the same meals. If you want to do that, maybe leave that for the weekend. Maybe make that a meal that you're going to enjoy on a Saturday or a Sunday instead of going out. Uh, but if you try to simplify it as much as possible where you're um, keeping simple meals throughout the week, making sure you have protein with every meal, getting three squirrels, three uh, square meals a day. Three squirrels, squirrels baby. <laughs> that's, that's the accent right there. Um, getting three square meals a day. Um, try to find the simplest approaches there. <laughs> and, uh, and keep it there. I, I got distracted. I don't even know where I'm going now. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Three squirrels uh, a day. Hey, some, some bro will pick that up. <laughs> I mean, hey, he's going to get shredded on three squirrels. <laughs> that's going to be Gary. He yeah. doesn't have no more squirrels in his house. <laughs> he's just cooking them all. That's my dog's diet. Three oh, squirrels. God. All right. I'm sorry. Now you're good. Uh, um, so, yeah, I mean, going back to it, like trying to simplify things as much as, as possible, trying to make it easy. So ask yourself, how can you make this easy? Try to simplify your steps as much as possible. So what things are you doing? Um set a pace set a pace of what you're going to do and do that each day consistently no matter the amount of motivation that you feel in that day um try to automate as much as you can use those kind of tools what else is something we talked about um let me see if i have some of the other notes uh i mean things like preventing if instead of saying uh willpowering your way through not snacking at home Saying no when you're at the grocery store. Um, I think I think that's most most of the stuff we talk about. I'm not good at doing summaries. Apparently, I think that that I mean pretty concise. That's it. Just make it as easy as you can. Mm -hmm. That's it. I think yeah, we it over, all comes. We try to overcomplicate everything. Yeah, we do. Yeah, I think that's human nature. Though. I think and it is. I think a good thing to leave them with is it can feel. This probably feels impossible. And not real, but it can literally be effortless. Yeah. yeah. Like it like what feels hard and impossible can eventually feel effortless and be your lifestyle. It just, you know, you have to get there. You have to work work through yeah. some things. Yeah. And remember you I mean you you have to try. You just have to give it a shot. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's it's interesting because and I think I told you this, Gary, is in order to make it effortless and requires it requires a lot of effort in the beginning. Like yep. it is going to take a little extra effort. Yep, it's going to take a little extra effort. It's going to take a, a little extra intention. Um, but then over time, it should feel simple. It, it pays off so much. Yeah. yeah, that little investment in the beginning. All right. Well, hopefully that was helpful. And if you're interested, again, the book is called Effortless by Greg McEwen. So it's more like kind of a business book, but again, the principles of the book really we thought kind of carried over into a lot of like exercise, nutrition stuff. So if you are into to reading and find it interesting, it, it's worth the deeper dive for you. And if you want to work with Diego, nutrition coaching, we, I think he has some spots open. Yeah, I got, um, I got five, 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 five spots open right now. I don't even know how to do Five squirrels. Five, five squirrels, squirrels open. open. <laughs> and so yeah, yeah, if so you're you interested, um, Coastal Nutrition Coaching. So you probably can put the link in the yeah. Yeah, show notes. Show notes. All right. Thanks for listening. See ya. Bye. As always, thanks for listening, guys. If you want to learn more, check us out at CoastalFitnessVA.com or GaryDeagle.com. We'll see you next time.